0: This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. Hey, hey, I am your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about social media for speakers who do not like social media. And our guest is Corey Perlman. Hey, Corey, welcome to Speakernomics. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here, buddy. So, Corey, this is kind of weird because you're a social media expert. You have an agency that that helps people implement social media. And we're going to talk about speakers who don't like social media and what they can do. So, Corey, what are your two tips for speakers who don't like social media?
1: Thank you, Tom. Number one is don't forget that you're easily forgettable. And number two, sometimes the best thing you can do is fire yourself. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Here we go.
0: For those of you who don't know Corey Perlman, he speaks on social media for business and he owns a social media boutique agency. What he does is he helps companies get better results from their efforts in the world of social media. He does this by speaking on stage and doing training and through actual implementation of their digital marketing. So Corey, if you're the social media expert why would we be talking about social media for people who don't like it?
1: Yeah, Tom, that's a fair question. Uh, and probably a little bit surprising to a lot of the folks that that know me and, and you, you and I go back many years, uh, big, big NSA lifers, if you will. And uh, I still am uh, speaking on stages for social media. And, and as you said, on the agency, but I'm speaking to an audience of speakers who I know are very busy and are like me, don't have the time nor the resources at times to do the things that we need to do on social. And so I've listened to your past episodes and I made a little bit of an audible to be candid that I really wanted to help speakers know what they can do on social if they are not daily social media users. And I want to give them a game plan to be able to do that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Oh, and I f- And I think that's a lot of people because there are people who are just like, it's just not
0: my thing. But as you said, for a lot of people, when you use social media, you raise your visibility. Maybe your phone rings a little more. But but if it's not your cup of tea, if you don't love being on it, it can be be a little painful for some people. So your first tip, and I love this, never forget that you are easily forgettable. No, we're speakers. We're not forgettable. Everybody remembers us, right?
1: That's yeah, that, that we wish that was the case, don't we? Um, we feel like that when we're on stage. I can tell you that or when we walk through the crowd afterwards or we're signing books, we figure that they'll, they'll never forget us. And, and if we're Mark Sharon Brock or somebody and we hear that story uh, that he shares and that might be the case. But for most of us, that isn't the case. And we, we do probably get forgotten. And so it's our job to remind them. And I think social media is the most powerful platform to do that. And Tom, you know, the the challenge that I sort of want to throw out to our listeners is over the years, I can tell you that when I am active on social, my business does better. My speaking business, my agency business, when I am consistent, when I am active, when people see me, consistently adding value on social, my business does better. The problem is I'm not a huge fan today of being active on social all the time. I'm busy. I got small kids. I'm traveling. I want to be present and I'm tired of going on six, seven, 10 times a day and learning all the new nuances, the reels, the stories, the lives, the LinkedIn newsletters, and the things that are coming that I have to learn and implement day in and day out. And I, you know, just, and this is real candid, Tom, I just found that that wasn't the best use of my time. So I decided not to do it. It's interesting because you've
0: built your career around this. When did, when did that little shuffle come that you're like, this isn't the best use of my personal time?
1: It's come over the last few years and it's come slowly. I think a little bit of it is is age. I'm not, I obviously everybody, oh, you're, you know, I mean, you know, uh, I'm mid forties, but you know, I've been doing social for a long time, but I certainly, was a lot more active in my early thirties and, and, and whatever. And I think, you know, just as you get a little bit older, you just, you know, you're not interested maybe in, in, in some of the new, new stuff as you might be. So there's that. I'm sure I'll get some, some comments about that, but more importantly, I just found that I was better at the number one thing that I should be doing Tom. And this is for everybody else. And this was the aha moment. I shouldn't be learning all the nuances about reels. I shouldn't know exactly, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, the right hashtag to put on a particular post, what I should be doing, what our listeners and my fellow speakers should be doing is what we do best, which is to create content. Yeah. What we should be doing is stay in our lane and to have a consistent game plan to create compelling content. So I made a switch, Tom, I decided that instead of, Becoming an expert in every single feature on social, I'm purely going to create compelling content on a consistent basis, and I'm going to let others who are better than me do the social media, the implementation, the the uh, dissemination of the content, if you will. So, do
0: you have like a calendar? How do you how do you do the the stuff so that you know the content that you're being created is being pushed out by the other people? And is are you having probably your own agency? But are you having people? who are on staff do it for you? Is this something that people can do if they don't love it, they can create the content and let their staff take care of it, what, what are you saying?
1: Yeah, so I, I thought through that too, and I, I want you to call me I'm on any BS you because I do own an agency and I got a little unfair advantage to everybody else and I get that. So let me just be clear that it does take additional resources and I'm lucky to have those internal resources, but that should not stop any person here who's listening who says, hey, you know, I want to get good at social. I want to be consistent, but I just know that it's not going to be me. You don't have to hire an agency. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. I will tell you right now, Tom, uh, just a few months ago, I spoke to a, I went back to my alma mater of Florida State. And I spoke to 200 marketing students there who are way more versed in Instagram and TikTok and uh, whatever else, Twitter uh, than I am, and yet need business experience and are waiting for someone to call them or send an email to their department saying, Will you help? Will you help me? And wouldn't it be cool if someone like that could? shadow a speaker for a few months or even a year or two and learn the ropes of business while also being able to do their social. So there's lots of different ways to get these resources to answer your first question, Tom. Yes. So the two things that I focus on week in and week out, and that I think all of our listeners should as well, number one is, to create compelling content each week, that's number one, and and to have a game plan, like you said. So let me just give you my quick little, um, what we do. So on Mondays, we do Minute Mondays. So on LinkedIn, um, I have a Minute Monday that goes out and it goes out all over social. So do I do all those Minute Mondays on social? No, what I do is once a week, my wife comes in here with the camera and together for two hours, we batch 12 Minute Mondays for the next three or four months. So all I have to do, Tom, is focus on creating content, which is what we do best. It's nothing to do with LinkedIn, nothing to do with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, none of it, TikTok, none of it. Okay. So that's Monday, Tuesday's testimonial Tuesday. So one of my team members, I give them the great image from stage or the great quote that I got from Sam or Mark or whatever, and they create the beautiful testimonial Wednesday is wisdom Wednesdays. So, and, and let me be clear. I am a big proponent of using the features that a lot of your previous podcasts Uh, experts and guests talked about, such as LinkedIn newsletters. For those of you listening, write that down, LinkedIn newsletters. I'm a huge fan of it, but I don't do it myself. So on Wednesday, I do Wisdom Wednesdays. So I create value, you know, through video. And then I have someone create the newsletter on LinkedIn for Wisdom Wednesday and so on and so forth.
0: Nice. Now, there are so many different social medias now. I remember the day when we just had like, you know, Twitter and Facebook and, you know, there are just so
1: many different things out there. Do people need to be on all of these? I'm glad you asked that. So no, um, one of my big things is prioritize the platforms. You do not need to be everywhere. Um, you focus on a few and do them really well, but the the platforms that you are on, I I recommend doubling down on the features. So for example, what I would typically say for a general speaker out there, uh, Phil, the acronym, Phil, F I L Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, But on Instagram and Facebook, definitely use reels and stories. A lot of people uh, only navigate social these days, going left to right, not up and down. I heard you say that on your last podcast, and you're absolutely right. So by utilizing reels and stories, you can capture that audience who likes to see more of a full range experience. On LinkedIn, you shouldn't just be posting traditional posts. You should use the newsletters feature. Um, you can go live on LinkedIn if you want or shoot video, whatever. Uh, you can utilize all those different platforms to give people different ways to, to, to digest your content on these platforms. So I recommend, Tom, uh, going deep instead of going wide on your social platforms.
0: So, you know, this tip is to remember that you're easily forgettable. So, out of sight is out of mind. So, if you're going to have an account on these things, you should be using them. So, if it's somebody who's not ready to hire somebody, what are a couple of things they can do themselves, even if they hate it?
1: Yes. Okay. So, and I'm not even going to let them get past the hiring somebody. I really do think that I want to challenge people to find a way to get some additional resources behind them if they are not going to be a TikToker. If they're not going to be a active reels user, we're just never going to be consistent with it. If it's putting a square peg in a round hole. So just understand that find help on that stuff. Now what I think we should be doing Tom is the following. That's kind of my my big second tip. So I just mentioned firing yourself, which is what we just did. What I want you to hire yourself on is things that can't be replaced. So for example, who should we connect with? Tom, you and I every day should spend at least 10 to 25 minutes a day on LinkedIn connecting with meeting planners, Bureau representatives, past clients, prospects, that's hard to replace. Yes, you can do it, but that's a great use of our time to build a quality tribe for this content to go out to. That's number one. Number two is, and this is a Richard Bliss thing that I heard on one of your previous podcasts, big shout out to Richard. He talks about one of the best things that you can do is comment on other posts on LinkedIn. I completely agree. I call it being down with OPP. So you remember the nineties reference OPP, no one will ever forget that now be down, not with other people's property, but other people's posts. So I recommend 10 to 15 minutes a day, forgetting creating any content. You go out on social purely for engaging with other people's stuff. And that doesn't just have to be on LinkedIn. That can be on Facebook and Instagram or whatever platform you're on, but you go out, Tom, And you engage on other people's stuff. You comment, you like, you share, you engage in conversation. And what this does, besides what Richard said, which basically makes your profile show up to more people, but it reminds people, it reminds meeting planners, it reminds bureaus that you're there. What a cool thing for you to do when you interact with their posts, what a neat way for you to jump back on their radar by showing them some love and engaging with their content.
0: Now, there's a lot of speakers that I've talked to because I do some of what you just said who are like, Tom, I saw you commented on the post that one of the big speakers bureaus made where they were highlighting a speaker. Like, let's say they highlighted Corey Perlman. I'll go in if it pops up in my feed and I'll say, Corey Perlman is awesome which is what everybody should say if they put a picture of you up there. But I'll go in and say, you know, something about why Corey's such a great speaker. And I've had other speakers go, no, no, as a speaker, you shouldn't promote other speakers. And my attitude is, in fact, on Fridays, I do a post called Promote Others Friday. And people are like, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be saying Corey Pullman is great. You should just be putting your own content out there. So when you talk about engaging, what if there's a post that highlights, you know, one of your competitors? it for a moment
1: what's a speaker without a professionally published book you're still a speaker but you're most likely less impactful less profitable and less widely known a book reinforces your message promotes you when you're not there and boosts your income even when you aren't speaking you're leaving money and opportunity on the table when you don't publish if you're worried about the time and hassle involved in writing a great book leave that to book launchers because we have our hashtag no process and team of expert professionals to help you take your book from concept to copies to cash flow. Visit booklaunchers.com today.
0: What if there's a post that highlights, you know, one of your competitors?
1: Doesn't, I completely agree with you that I would never, I mean, we're, we're always of the mindset, you know, that, and that's what NSA is really all about. And let's not forget about uh, talking about the buddy program too. I just thought of that, but we'll we'll,
0: (laughs) we'll get to to that. Okay.
1: But um, no, I think what you do, Tom is great. I think that, you know, this is the most important thing to remember. Just be authentic as you're, as uh, you know, as, as, as we've, we've talked a lot about in in terms of, of how you respond. So if you love that speaker, you know, I see Ross Bernstein uh, a shout out to Ross on LinkedIn all the time, uh, giving love to his clients, which I think is a, by the way, a brilliant strategy. He'll tell you that he's not a social media guy, but I think he does a great job. Um, I, that's kind of my, uh, my, my bonus tip for you is, is Let's
0: talk about what Ross does because you and I are friends with Ross Bernstein, one of the newest members of the Speaker Hall of Fame last year at Influence. Uh, Ross doesn't like social media, and yet he posts almost every day, and certainly every day that he speaks on LinkedIn with a picture of the room, maybe him on stage, maybe it's just the room. And then he thanks and tags each client and everyone who works for the company that he was with. Now, some people would say, well, wait a minute, then everybody will know who your clients are and they'll just call them. But Ross does that. And why do you think him doing that is so powerful?
1: Because I love that Ross makes the hero, not himself. You know, he makes his client the hero in the digital story, which is one of my my principles and, and my my third book coming up in the fall. And, 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 and he lives that. And I think it's so smart is that people like to hear about themselves. They don't want to hear about us necessarily. So anytime you can turn the spotlight from yourself to other people, it's a good idea on social. Uh, And, and Ross does a great job of that. So what Ross does is he turns the spotlight from himself to his other clients and um, that shows them love. They appreciate that other prospects that are eventually going to be Ross's clients see that and love that just to give you a couple of quick additional examples of the way that we do that whenever I go out and speak we um, talk about stories I mentioned earlier stories are a very important part of your overall social presence I told you I don't like doing stories so there's the rub so here's what I do folks this is the secret I take pictures throughout my time at the conference I'll do this throughout the fall. And I'll send them in this case to one of my team members and they will build the story for me. Again, this is super easy for someone to do either in your office, your staff, an intern, a family member, anybody can do this. I send them pictures and they take care of creating the spirit experience. My client loves it, Tom. They see their event being showcased on my instagram for the world to see which they want they love the publicity for that so it's a huge win it really has very little to do with me and more has to do with the event itself so that's just another way of turning the spotlight on other people
0: so i want to jump back because we sort of just glossed over your second tip which was it's okay to fire yourself and i think we alluded to it in tip one when you were basically saying Offload it to the intern. Uh, But let's talk about it's okay to fire yourself. Some people are control freaks. We we know one or two. I think in, in the whole world of speaking, there's only one or two. But some people are control freaks. They don't. They don't want to let go. It's scary if you let go. The intern or your staff or your sister or whoever could say the wrong thing. So, what do you mean by fire yourself? It's okay to fire yourself. And let's talk about how do we let go of social media.
1: Well, and let me tell you, it's so interesting about the speaker world. But that is, you know, the let me tell you, the agents from an agency side, the biggest challenge that we have with clients is getting content. That's why we charge the big bucks. Uh, if you talk to other social media agencies out there. That's the hardest thing. With speakers, we've got nothing but content. We have content oozing out of our ears. So even though I do not promote to speakers, you'll never see me promote to speakers, whatever. We have a couple of speaker clients because they've come to us and they'll tell you that they did. But the reason I said yes to is it's so Easy. They have books. They have podcasts. They have YouTube videos. They have all this content that my team can very quickly go in, find some content, put it behind an image, create a beautiful social media post, put a couple hashtags and put it out there. We have a periodontist client. Do you know how hard it is, Tom, to get content out of a periodontist? Hey, you got any, very you got difficult. Any, you got any gum photos? Exactly. The before and afters. I mean, oh my gosh, but speakers have an abundance of content. So that's the the easy part for us. So, so we have no excuse. I mean, we really don't, we just have to find an easy way to get it out there. So what I mean by fire yourself is don't get caught up in the nuances of all the different features out there, but instead focus on continuing to create compelling content and get it out on social all right, so what's your last tip
0: for a speaker who just says, God, I hate social media, but I know I should do it?
1: My last tip for them is to be consistent. You know, I think about um, Dan Thurman comes to line and I, and I love, you know, you know, we think about the people that, uh, have helped us along the way and, and to be able to, to shout out an example, a real example. But for a long time, I think Dan could tell you this, he struggled with figuring out how to do his social. And what Dan ended up doing and what I think has worked for him is he cons- created a consistent process for himself to be consistent on social. So for most of you that follow Dan, you see that when he travels, he will park his camera somewhere where he's at. So you will always see a different background and he'll give some value. Okay. And then he lets, I guarantee, He lets other people take care of the work of editing and getting it wherever he wants to be and out on on the different platforms that he does. But he needed a consistent process in order for it to work. And that's been the thing for me. So the Monday Minute, I needed my wife every Monday to say, Corey, it's time for the Monday Minute or the batch. And the other thing, real quick, Tom, and then I'll, I'll, I'll shut up, is when it came to writing this last book, same thing, and it's the same thing with social I was having such a hard time writing. We created a podcast called Authentically Social. Tom, you're going to laugh at this, but I don't care how many downloads I get to this podcast. That wasn't the intent. The reason I created this format or we created is so Jess, my wife, could interview me or have a conversation with me and get out the content that I needed to get out for the rest of the book. And that same content, by the way, will be social posts that we'll have for the next six to eight months. So having something out there consistently that we can do to create, to get that content out of us is key to to being consistent, both in creating content as well as being effective on social.
0: And then reposition that content everywhere you can. Is that what you're saying?
1: A hundred percent. And get help doing that if it's not your thing. If it's not your thing, don't let that stop you. Get help. All right. So if somebody says, I hate social
0: media, that's no longer an excuse, right, Corey?
1: Correct. You, the, the crazy thing is, Tom, and I'll leave it with this. I'm the social media guy. Tom, I don't do my social. I'm on social. I want to be clear on that. I engage in conversations. If you have somebody reply to you, it is me. But when it comes to creating beautiful graphics, when it comes to posting every single day, when it comes to creating newsletters on LinkedIn, it ain't me, brother. All right, everybody, if Corey's not doing it himself,
0: maybe we shouldn't be either, especially if we don't like doing it or we don't have the time. So, Corey, before I let you go, I want to shift gears here a little bit because we are two weeks away from Influence, the official conference of the National Speakers Association. And you and I have been both going for a long time. My first conference was in 2009. What was the first year you attended? I think it was 2012. Have you ever missed one since then? I have not. Neither have I. And so it's so interesting because I made the decision to go in 2009 about two or three weeks out. I'd I'd been laid off a few months earlier. I decided I want to be a speaker. And somebody said, "Oh, you got to go to." It wasn't called Influence then. It was called the uh, NSA Summer Convention. And someone's like, "Oh, you really should go." And I went. And I've never not gone again because it's always been clear that the stuff I would learn was important. But more importantly, the people that I met, my, my belief is the secret sauce to success in the world of speaking is having speaker friends because people can't help it. Success leaves clues when you're around people who are doing the work, not claiming they're doing the work, not selling a course on how to do the work, but people who are actually out there getting paid to speak. If you hang out with them, they can't help it. They're going to give you an idea, a theory, a nugget. And so that's why I think it's not too late if you're listening to this when it releases. Obviously, if you listen to it four weeks later, next year would be a good time. But if you're listening (laughs) on the day this releases, it's only about two weeks out. You still could sign up and go. What do you say to people who are on the fence, thinking maybe I should go?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 an easy yes. Um, every year I've gone, Tom, I've gotten real ROI from it. I just shared one of the breakout tips that I got on on writing articles for associations. Just one random example that literally created bookings for me in my calendar. So that's a no brainer. But to your point about friendships, that is huge. And specifically, I will say this in 2012, when I came, I knew not a soul at at NSA and and my wife, every time she's pushed me to do something, it was the right thing. So, so number one is listen to your spouse. Um, Number two is when I got there, I I knew no one. And and if it hadn't been for this program that was set up, I'm not sure I would have ever come back Tom Uh, because we can be a very clicky organization. And just like it was in middle school, man, I'm looking around and I didn't know a soul. And all of a sudden I was that guy, you know, who was sitting by himself at the lunchroom and, and it wasn't a good experience. But the other thing my wife told me to do is she said, I keep hearing about this buddy program thing, go to this buddy program, go to this buddy program. So I went and Michael Goldberg, even though I didn't sign up early, and I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Michael said, Corey, I'm going to give you a buddy. Um, and he gave me a buddy by the name of David Newman. (laughs) And for those, anyone who knows me, and if you had a nickel for every time I said it, you'd be a millionaire the rest is history. David and I became best buddies. Um, we went to lunches together at NSA. He he showed me cigar peg. He, you know, made sure I had a seat at every table that we were at. And it just made for a wonderful experience. And the reason I went back year in and year out was because of that initial experience, the bottom line. So I became a huge advocate of the buddy program. It then went away for a while. Well, it's back Tom. And I want to just say that, A, yes, people should sign up and B, if you are a first timer, make sure you sign up for the buddy program, because I don't want you to come and have an experience that wasn't an amazing one. And I think having a buddy will make sure you have an amazing one. Oh,
0: I absolutely agree. I don't know that the program existed the year that I went uh, the first time, but it was the people who I met that made the entire conference and my entire experience within the organization work. So I agree with what Corey's saying. And Corey's one of the people who's organizing this year's buddy program. So if you are a first timer and you're listening to this podcast,
1: reach out, where can they reach out, Corey? Yeah, you can email me. I know it's old school, but uh, it's Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at impactsocialmedia.com. So that's I-M-P-A-C-T, socialmedia.com. And just let me know you want your first timer and you'd like to be added to the buddy list and we'll take care of the rest. And of course, uh, my NSA friends, if you're willing to be a buddy, Tom is already uh, graciously uh, volunteered or was voluntold. Either way, you're going to be a buddy, <laughs> I, which we appreciate. I, I'm going to be
0: list. I even said I, if you if you're short on buddies, I would take two.
1: I did. I'd you're a good man. If you needed me You're too. an amazing human. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, for NSAers that have been before, we'd love to have you on the other side and be a buddy to some of our first-timers.
0: So you can email Corey at Corey at impactsocialmedia.com and you'll get on that list. And really, I think it's a great idea. If you're going to be there for the first time and you don't want to walk into a conference with nearly a thousand people and be like... Hi, I don't know anybody. This way, when you get there, you'll have somebody you will have texted with them in advance. You'll be able to meet up. You'll be able to talk. And they'll say, hey, I'm going to sit over here. And then you get started and you get launched into the whole thing. So I think the buddy program is a great idea. And we wanted to make sure since influence is coming up that we told everybody to do it. And hey, you second, third, fourth, 20th timers, <laughs> don't, don't be shy. You reach out to Corey and tell him. I'm willing to be a buddy because we want this program to be great because you know what? The speaking industry got hit kind of hard the last two years. Uh, a lot of people got, got kicked in the backside and we're coming back strong and this is going to be the influence to remember. So Corey, I'll see you in Nashville in two weeks. Is that right? That's right.
1: I can't wait, Tom.
0: Any, any last words for our audience, Corey? Uh,
1: you know, I, this has been great. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of this podcast, Tom. So I want to be able you know, I've said that before. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm gracious, you know. I, I'm humble that you asked me to come on. I really appreciate it. I hope it was helpful to folks, and I look forward to hopefully seeing everyone at Influence and and continuing the conversation. Thanks again for doing this, time. You brought you provide tremendous value to the speaker community. Uh, thank you. I love
0: doing it. I'll, I'll let you know a secret. I love hosting Speakernomics. It's a lot of fun. I get to meet the coolest people. It's like my own personal speaker university. So for those of you who are going to Influence, first timer or fortieth timer, make sure you find Corey Perlman, walk up to him and say, I hate social media. I heard you on Speakernomics. (laughs) All right. Join us, everybody, next week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker. And please always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat.